this episode, we look at Freemasonry's value proposition. What does it offer its members? And is this what lodges are actually offering? We talk about lodge revitalization, helping brothers find their place in the fraternity, education as both a strength and a weakness in Freemasonry, the importance of Masonic funerals, how transformation can make or break a lodge, the importance of visiting other lodges, and the Lone Star Freemason, which is a blog, Facebook page, and YouTube channel. Before we get started, I also want to give a huge shout out to Brother Francisco Garcia, who is a past master of Hidalgo number 1036 here in Texas. He created the intro music at the beginning of this episode, and I think he did a fantastic job. If you like his work, I'm going to include links to his SoundCloud and his YouTube channel below in the show notes. Please check out his content and show him your support. This is Masonic Improvement, a podcast, YouTube channel, and blog dedicating to taking good lodges and making them better. I'm your host, Justin Jones. Thank you for joining today. We have a very special guest today, Brother Jason West. So without any further ado, let's just get started. Brother Jason West, how are you, sir? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Jason. Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm a uh, past master of Kelly Lodge, uh, 1131 in San Antonio, and I'm uh, currently the junior warden, and uh, I'm the senior warden at Hondo City Lodge, uh, number 756 in Hondo, Texas, and an endowed member at Nat M. Washer Lodge, 1270 in uh, in San Antonio, so I'm, I'm quite busy. I'm currently the uh, district communications officer of uh, Masonic District 39C. So, and among many appendant bodies as well, Scottish Rite, York Rite side, and past commander of my commandery as well. So, very cool. You said 39C? That's correct, yes. Well, why is it, why is it divided like that? That's, I haven't heard well, of that before. Yeah, San Antonio is pretty large. So, mm-hmm. I think we have, uh, it's probably not the exact number, but around 29 or 30 lodges, I think, uh, in the San Antonio area. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, it used to just be 39 and they have split it into three different, different districts, but we still with the master wardens and secretary association, uh, is still 39 and we all three meet together there and the district deputy uh, grandmasters and the district teams work together. So, Let's see. but, uh, but we do have the lodges split into the districts, individual districts. So the Master Award and Secretary, Secretary Association sounds like it's a pretty big meeting then. You got basically Absolutely. every lodge from San Antonio coming to it. It's pretty, sounds like a pretty big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we have uh, different workshops. Uh, our uh, president this year, uh, Chris Pistorio, uh, he's the master of uh, Kelly Lodge right now. And, um, uh, and he, he's been doing a great job of getting, uh, different workshops put on and we had a funeral workshop that was uh, put on there uh, actually teaching uh, how the proper way to uh, conduct a Masonic funeral uh, with the funeral teams and, and uh, it was uh, very good and I believe some of the other districts are uh, following suit now and uh, starting to give those uh, workshops as well so it's it's really benefited us here. Excellent so why did you join Freemasonry? Well, I think several different reasons. Um, for me, I'm a I'm a history buff, uh, and I know a lot of people say 
um, you know, historical reasons. But uh, I, I think that kind of led me into it. But uh, it, 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 there's several reasons. And I think that, uh, you know, it's I, I was in the military, uh, in the Army. And I think that that brotherhood and fellowship aspect uh, drew me in as well. Um, the esoteric aspect uh, it was very um, attractive to me as well. And uh, uh, definitely the philanthropy. And, um, but uh, education and self-improvement, I think it's, it's so those are kind of a list of things for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, it's not just one thing that led me to it. And, but, uh, you know, it took me, it took me 12 years that I thought I was studying it, uh, um, studying Freemasonry. And I realized that well, when I was initiated that I didn't learn anything. Mm -hmm. uh, you just learn a little historical data, things like that. But uh, as you well know, uh, you're not going to learn anything out of, uh, out of books or you're not going to understand anything if you do, if you do read something. So, um, you know, so for me, um, it was uh, the, the, the deciding factor was that I knew several Masons that uh, and I knew they were good men and I knew they wouldn't want me to do something that was bad for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I trusted that with them. And that's why uh, I should have been a Mason 12 years before I was. So, How long have uh, you been a Mason? Uh, 10 years. 10 years? So, yeah. So you said 10, 10 short years. And I've done a lot in, the, uh, in, in these past 10 years. So you mentioned several, a few things that I think are really interesting that I really want to see if you can uh, elaborate on a little bit. You know, you said one of the things that attracted you was the esoteric aspect Personally, from my experience, a lot of brothers don't really discover the esoteric aspect until they're already in. So is that what you mean? Or did you did you know something about that kind of before you got in? Did you know that there was probably more to it? Yes, I, I kind of knew, I guess, that there was something to it that I didn't know. So that's kind of what drew me uh, to it was the um, that there was an esoteric um, I guess, element about Freemasonry that, but it was something that I didn't know, but something that I was maybe searching for. Mm -hmm. if, if you, um, if you know what I'm saying with that. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's kind of what I feel is like today, there are so many men that are searching for things or searching for something in society that, that they're not getting, you know, searching for something in life that society is not giving them. And that I believe Freemasonry will give a man or fulfill that, that void maybe that uh, in their life or they're able to seek what it is that they're looking for. So that's, and, and, and I think that that's kind of the future of Masonry. If we can, if we can kind of, um, I, I guess, kind of try to reach out to good men and give them what it is that they're looking for. Give them something that that they're not getting in you know in society and, and you know with with what the world gives them. I love that. Let me ask you this. I told you we might go down some rabbit holes here. Sure. If let's just back up. You said so. You know, I wrote down. You know, men are searching for something in life that they can't find elsewhere. 
um, just kind of to summarize, you know, what you're saying. So here's my follow-up question. We know Freemasonry offers it, but is that what they are receiving? I think it depends on, I think it depends on the lodge and I think it depends on the individual mm -hmm. uh, and the brothers that they surround themselves with. Um, I see some lodges that it's not happening in. Um, they're, they're not getting what, what they need. Um, but I think, but I do know that there are lodges out there that are evolving and um, that are focused on, I think, a, a good positive direction for masonry as far as uh, education and the esoteric and, uh, but also, you know, the, the fellowship and the brotherhood um, and giving the needs, you know, helping the brothers in their, in their lives. And I, I think, you know, and, uh, and, and to go back to what uh, uh, most worshipful Ken Curry uh, said in his, uh, at his uh, Grand Masters Conference, that it's, you know, reaching out to the brothers and seeing what they need in their lives and trying to help them in different ways and not just in the lodge, but what is it that I can do for my brother that could help him in his life? Mm -hmm. What problems is he having that I might be able to help him out with, or at least just be there for him and be able to help, help to guide him through it or to be there, at least be there for him. Practicing um, as he's going through. Love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and not just, hey, you know, I'm going to just see this guy at Lodge and that's it. And we'll, we'll see you next month, you know. Yes. Uh, and, you know, primarily I surround myself with, with uh, Brother Masons. And, um, you know, there are people that call me constantly and there are people that I call. And, you know, and it's not just a small circle. I have, I would say, different, um, different branches of, um, that I reach out to, you know, in different organizations and, um, you know, and that's the reason as well that I belong to a few different lodges because I get something different out of each different lodge uh -huh. because all lodges are, you know, they're, they're the same in organization, but they're not the same. They're not the same um, makeup of individuals. And that's what intrigues me about it. And being able to have, you know, this group of brothers over here that I'm able to see and then and fellowship with and learn from and and to share my knowledge as well. And then to move over here and go over here, you know, this week or whatever and, and go see these brothers. And, you know, I get something different out of each lodge. And it's um, it's like, uh, for instance, uh, here goes a rabbit hole. Uh, I'm going down, but um so my home lodge is in San Antonio in, you know, in the city limits. So it's, it's different when you have multiple lodges in a large metropolitan area and you can do a lot of things in the community, but you're not really connecting with the community like you can with a smaller country lodge. Mm -hmm. So when I went out to visit with Hondo city lodge, um, myself and uh, a couple of other brothers, we, we went out and for uh, an officer installation to visit. And they were like, hey, you want to join this lodge? And I'm like, okay, absolutely. And 
they said, we need your help. So, you know, that was perfect. You know, we, we, we wanted to do it. So then, you know, we, we joined, we put in some work and then we became the, uh, the top three officers in the, in the lodge. And I'm, I'm senior warden this year and I'm looking forward to, um, if, if that's where the lodge wants me, uh, this upcoming year that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm planning that, uh, you know, we're going to do good things. And it's been a, it's been a turnaround, uh, out there because of the fact is, is that we've been able to take how we do things and we've gone there and we've gotten them involved again. And we've, we're bringing back brothers that, um, that have, that haven't been in years and they're, they're coming back. They're making a point to come to lodge. And we're, we're getting out, you know, COVID stopped us uh, somewhat this past year, but we're getting in the community and we're able to connect with the community more mm-hmm. um, in, in a smaller town. And for me, that's something I haven't experienced before, uh, you know, belonging to lodges in the city and then going out to a smaller town and, and having that. And so I'm so excited for the upcoming year on all the, all the things that we're going to get to do uh with community outreach mm-hmm. and getting it and you know getting them involved and you know and and even as far as uh historical presentations you know we're looking at getting a historical marker uh, for the lodge and you know uh, really highlighting our texas ranger roots uh out there and i mean it's just some really exciting stuff this year um and also um the interest came together so well that everybody started coming back to lodge and getting so interested that when I would talk about, uh, appendant bodies, uh, I would talk about your right side and a lot of, a lot of guys were interested, but they just didn't want to drive to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there, and there's no York right chapter and councils out there. So we were able to work with the grand chapter and council, uh, to, uh, work on, trying to charter a chapter and council there. So, and there's been great uh, interest and everybody's really involved and uh, excited about it. And we have a brother that's 85 years old. He brought me his petition uh, the other day. And he's like, he's like, you know, I'm so excited about this. He said, it's a new chapter in my life and I'm ready to learn something. I'm ready for more light. And, you know, that was, that was really awesome. And we're bringing him back and getting him back involved. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a that's a major key is, uh, you know, with most worshipful Curry's uh, bring a brother back program. I mean, and, you know, we were doing this, you know, last year mm-hmm. and it it really works in with with his message this year uh, for doing that. And uh, so that's what we're doing is we're we're trying to reach out to you know past masters that haven't been in a while. Older brethren that hadn't been. And two, we're looking through. Um, in, in all of my lodges, we're looking through um, the maybe candidates that, that maybe didn't finish. We're reaching back out to them. We're trying to get them to come back. You know, those are those are things that we're that we're trying to do to to revitalize our lodges because yeah. you know that's what we have to do. It's not so much let's go out and um, I mean yeah sure we we need new members sure, but the thing is is we have to sustain and maintain the membership that we have. Mm-hmm. And we have to give them something going back, circling back to uh, the um, the initial, I think, question was about giving them, you know, 
giving the brethren that we have already, giving them something that worth coming to lodge for. Yeah. And, you know, whether it be, uh, let's do some education. Let's have some speakers come in because we have, uh, you know, brother John Nagy from, um, from Florida. Uh, I've been friends with him for uh, a very long time and he has come out here to visit with us and um, does a wonderful job every time. And it's just, it's wonderful to have speakers from, from other places and other lodges, but also we do it as well. Yeah. I, I just think that um, going back to the kind of what I was saying is that we need to bring, bring our brothers back to lodge, but we need to give them, give them something to come back for. Yeah. And we need to, you know, and, and I, and I think, you know, um, I mean, and we've done this in the past, you know, send out a questionnaire, like, like a, like a survey. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, what is it? What is it that you're looking for in life? What what can bring you back? Because even though we have great ideas, and I see this in a lot of lodges, that you'll have brothers with great ideas, and and we're doing a lot of great things, but then there's some brothers that are just not into that, and we're missing them somehow. We're missing what it is that we can offer them. Yes. And you know what is it that 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 they need, and maybe we can do some type of function or. Or have some type of um, uh, get together fellowship that might include, you know, maybe a study group or, or, or something, you know, I mean, because like, uh, I, you know, going back to the esoteric things like that, you know, I'm in Scottish Rite and, and uh, Valley of San Antonio, and we have an awesome uh, CME uh, program, the uh, continuing Masonic education awesome. class, we, we have two different, uh, we have a uh, uh, an online uh, version and also a different one uh, that uh, for in person and I've been doing that for years and man that's you're talking about some great um, conversation and mm-hmm. you know and that's not a that's separate from the stated meetings yeah so that's that's something and believe it or not you know sometimes we have you know 25 30 guys uh, brothers there and you know and it's never a dull conversation ever um, you know and it's something that you read and study before and you go in and everybody gets to talk about um, you know what it means to them you know yeah. what what the topic meant to them and you know you get a lot of things that you know and, and I think with our lodges I, I I think why not why not pick a topic that that uh, that you can study and then have everybody come together like a round table and just discuss it mm-hmm. and you know things like that but j- basically just finding finding what it is that your that your brothers uh, in your lodge need so you address some things that i think are are very important first of all you, without directly addressing it you really point out the importance of having the right leadership uh when you and your friends stepped in it sounds as though the lodge benefited greatly from it you know it it created the right change that it needed but you also talk about bringing brothers back and i've had some people tell me before that i'm a little critical about the whole bring your brother back program and i'm not i'm not critical about it but this idea that you know you could just reach out to former brothers and bring them back and hopefully retain them without being without without changing yourself right 
if if you're the same lodge that they left then they're not going to stay around or they won't come at all and right. what you're talking about is is transformative putting the right people in leadership and actually transforming the lodge it's not the same organ it's not the same lodge you know the number's still there the name's still there they probably meet in the same building but internally it's not the same lodge it's different and that's that's why you're able to attract people and retain them. But I love the idea. You know, I, I, I don't disagree at all with bringing brother back or reaching out to brothers. A lot of people just want to feel as though you actually care enough to actually reach out to them. And that's very important. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, really, I guess, kind of summarize, you know, what, what I got from that, because I think that's very powerful. And I've harped on leadership before, but as far as bringing brothers back, and I know there's a huge emphasis on that, but if you don't have anything, if all you're doing is opening and reading minutes and grand larger local communications and closing and maybe arguing about a fundraiser, that's why they left to start with. You're not going to bring them back for something like that, but actually bringing actual content to the lodge, like you described, it's fantastic. And it sounds like you're doing great work there. You you mentioned something else. And it was just kind of in passing, but I think it needs to be looked at a little bit more closely. You you basically said that there's a difference between studying and learning. You know, you said you studied Freemasonry for a long time, but you didn't you weren't necessarily learning about Freemasonry. And what what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, number one, uh, the types of materials that I was able to read didn't really teach me anything other than um, maybe historical aspects or just kind of uh, a generalization. But and even some of it that I did read would now uh, it means something to me. But at that time. It didn't mean anything because I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. Mm-hmm. And I think, in, you know, unless you've been through the degrees, then, and you, you, you don't understand it completely. So you're, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to know what it is that you're looking at. So, you know, because you haven't been brought to light. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you can, and it's just like, you know, afterwards you, you look around and there's things that are in front of you that have always been there, but now you see it clearly uh-huh. and, you know, you didn't see it before and, you know, the light has been shed on it. And that's, that's kind of the thing with that is you can, you can read something, you can study something, but if you don't understand the context or have the tools or working tools uh, that can go with that, uh, then you're not gonna you're you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna understand. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is and and even though there are many brothers that have been you know raised to master mason, and they're still for years they've gone along and they still don't understand it because they haven't gone back to study it. Yeah, and that's what we tell master masons and and uh, when they're raised in our lodges that look, this is just the beginning. This isn't the end. This is the beginning. This is where you start to learn. And, you know, but, you know, you've heard the term, you, you get what you put into it. 
well, you you get out of it what you you know decide to study and what you study and what you um, attempt to learn. Uh-huh. And the thing is, is you have to learn. Um, you know, get yourself in that aspect, and and two, not just try to do it yourself. You know, discuss it with with brothers and get their um, their idea of of or their view of maybe what they think that means and you know and you learn from from your brothers uh-huh. and you know and that's why i think the the, the study groups the round tables those are the, the cme groups those are important and i think so many times we're, we're not doing that we're just going through the motions just like you said you know show up read the minutes you know do the business and uh, get out of there yeah and what what good is that you know it's like a lot of brothers saying why am i going to waste my time going down there you know if i'm not going to get out of it what i thought i joined for Uh and so and going back to what i said that that's where we have to figure out where we're lacking and like you said we have to be transformative we have to change that we have to change who we are uh, and and what we're doing Uh and we you know not not everything you know not everything i think definitely we should keep our traditions and and a lodge should keep its its personality of, of you know where it came from but you know uh, and, a, and a lot of brothers you get a lot of pushback you know i mean we've we've had some um it, it's been a little uncomfortable for some people about our new uh, funeral team because they were used to um you know uh for a long time we've we've just had uh, a couple of great brothers that have been out there just doing every funeral possible yeah and doing a great job and but the thing is is you know we've got to be able to help them out and be able to do those things but it's not the way it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a team yeah it's supposed to be a funeral team and it's it's a lot more impressive when you do that but the thing is is don't push those brothers out you know when when you're making some changes don't don't push them out of the way you include them and bring them in and then let them know that you're helping them. And, and I, I wrote an article for my, uh, uh, the Lone Star Freemason. I wrote an article, uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe it was a year or so ago. And it was about, uh, you know, including your, your, your past masters, because I started seeing that, uh, that you've got a lot of, um, you know, when, when you have new brothers coming in, which is great, you know, obviously you want to put them to work. So they get put to work. But then uh, as the, the newer Masons are being put to work, some of the past masters or, or older brothers are being, you know, put out to pasture. So that's the way they feel. Yeah. And they're not being included. And, you know, you do have some lodges where the past masters, you know, basically try to run everything and stay, stay there. But I think it's a good balance. You've got to work together as a team and you have to accept the new coming in. But but also learn from the guys that have already been there, mm-hmm. and then you you have to figure out a team to how to how to fit everybody in together. And because if if you take duties away from a brother that's been doing it for a long time, if you take those duties away from him, then he has no purpose anymore, and then he's just going to go home. And yeah. you know why am I going to go to lodge if if they don't need me anymore? Because that's the way they feel is they don't need you anymore, and. You know, you see I that mean, also with past masters. Absolutely, absolutely, and and then too, that's why some of us have uh, 
have kind of branched out and got some uh, other lodges to, to where they can use me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's what we do, but don't neglect your lodge, you know, as long as you can handle it and juggle, you know, different, um, uh, different responsibilities. Uh, but, but always, you know, focus on, on, on your lodge, but, you know, but I, I always try to give, give other brothers the opportunity to, to work in the lodge. And, and then I know when to roll back a little bit and, and let somebody else take it, but Hey, you know, and then I'm looking, Hey, where, where can you use me? Uh-huh. You know, if I'm asked to do something, I always say, Hey, however the lodge can use me, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to serve. I'm willing to serve. And, and, and I think that's something that, that we've got to, you know, really teach our, uh, that, that's another thing is, is teaching servant leadership and that, that you're not, you're not coming in to run things. You're coming in to serve uh-huh. and, you know, and not just impose um, everything that you want to do, but get feedback from everybody and and serve the best way you can and um in 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 doing that bringing that back to just you know trying to give everybody an opportunity to to put the work in you know give give people work you know don't do everything yourself because i see that so many times too that you have a handful of brothers doing pulling all the weight for a lodge but then they they wonder why yes they burn themselves out and then they they wonder why nobody else is doing anything well, have you asked somebody else? Yeah. Have you asked another brother to to come in and assist you on that? I mean, you don't. Ha- I mean, uh, you know, they talk about committees. You know, a lot of people, times you don't want to assign a committee, but the thing is, is you know, if you do it the right way, a committee can really work, and you can work together as a team, and not put everything on the one individual. I mean, he can still be involved, but you know, start teaching and mentoring. Uh-huh. You know, mentoring other brothers and teaching them how to how to do those things, because, you know, we never know when we're not going to be around anymore. You know, I mean, we 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 know our own mortality and it's. You know, it, we have to train others that might be able to fill our shoes and, and be able to take over for us if we're not there. We often want to learn things. And even if we don't mean to do it even if we do it for the best intentions often we we do it because there is some there is some kind of gratification you know from being able to do it especially if you're one of the only people that can right but what we often forget maybe not even forget it might even not even cross our minds we should really be training the next generation of leadership all the time always always it's like a cycle and, and as long as you are alive and active, you should be training that next generation of leadership and that generation should do the same thing. And I think that, I think that ties back to something I wanted to ask you about. You, you hear a lot about degree teams, but you don't hear often about funeral teams any longer. And there was a time where those were common, right? And in fact, Often the the few people, the one or two people in the districts that are performing, you know, funerals are, are often just the remnants of what was once a degree team. And, and, and you know, unfortunately, it's it's usually someone that's very advanced in age and, and they just get there and do it by themselves. 
So the reason I, I, I go, I, I mentioned this is what really, what really induced you guys to form this funeral team? Well, I, I think because initially it was something I've been interested in uh, for a while. I mean, I, I used to be in ministry and I have done so many funerals uh, that I did. And I actually um, did my, both of my parents' uh, funerals, but uh, back about four years ago. Um, and for me, it's, and it's something we discussed today that that is the last, that's the final rites and probably the most important um, ceremony that you can do for a brother. You know, we, we initiate, we, we, we pass and we raise brothers. And then we do all these other appended body uh, degrees and orders and nightings and, and, you know, all those are great things. And those are great things that you can do for brothers, but mm -hmm. there is nothing better than, you know, unfortunately when, when we lose a brother, but there is nothing more beautiful than, than our funeral rites mm -hmm. that we can give a brother and be able to give for his family. And that's how you touch their family and their friends and, you know, the, the, the public. Yeah. That is one of the few ways that they see us when we're out there. And you, it's, I was just going to say, if you look in the minutes and even probably the newspapers of, of older lodges, you know, and older newspapers, if you can like look in the archives, you'll, you'll often read about Masonic funerals and they're more like processions. You know, they, they, of course, there weren't cars at the time often, but they would, they would lead in a procession from the church or the lodge, you know, with the, with the deceased brother, and they would go to the graveside and perform the, you know, the Masonic funeral, the last rites. And that seems, that seems so grand, you know, and, and, and compared to the way we do things today, you know, and it was, it was, I mean, honestly, it's, it's beautiful. It's you're, 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 you're making a big deal. And like you say, that's, it's really probably the most important thing that we could do for our brothers. That's the most important service we could offer. And it's, it's kind of diminished since right. back in the day, which is very well, unfortunate. It, 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 it's such a comfort to their family as well. Mm -hmm. We, we got so, uh, so many, comments and uh, so much warmth and hospitality from the family uh, today and uh, the funeral that we performed at uh, and it was at uh, Fort Sam Houston National Cemetery and so we had the military honors and we we parked way back from it and we we got dressed and you know everybody wearing uh, you know black suits and and white gloves uh, white aprons and uh, you know evergreen and we we marched in procession from where we were all the way to the pavilion where where the um, funeral was performed so just that in itself you know going back to what you were saying about a procession that basically that's what we did as a, as a team and and the brothers that were with us and you know we had people tell us that that was impressive mm -hmm. you know and then the and then the words, you know, and 
uh, I mean, it was just so wonderful to me. It's, it's, um, it's, it's the best way I think that, that I can serve, um, a brother and his family, yeah. um, you know, uh, as, as a funeral master and, but, you know, going back to what you were saying is, yeah, you know, so, so many things have been gone and I think we need to bring that tradition back, but that's something we were looking into as well. And we understand that a lot of us work and a lot of us uh, can't always get time off, but what we're doing is we're having several, uh, several uh, members to basically be alternates and we're like you said teaching other people and that's what we're doing we're having like a large funeral team so if one of us can't go then everybody you know we can we have people that can take take the different places uh-huh. and you know because we do have several brothers that are retired that, that are able to do it but but some of us that are still working uh you know i can kind of make my schedule sometimes and uh, i can i can work it out but you know i might not always be able to do it but that's but that's why we're ensuring that if we if we uh, obligate ourselves to you know assist, then we're going to be able to do it. You know, and you know we don't want to we don't want to lack in that. And this basically went back. You know, it was my idea uh, that I was going to do that. I was going to try to uh, learn the the funeral, um, and so I, I started learning it. And then we were talking about it with uh, with my with uh, brother, uh, uh, worshipful brother uh, Chris Pistorio, uh, and he's like, you know, hey, why don't we do a workshop on it for MWSA? So I said, man, that's a great idea. So he got with uh, brother Chris Williams, and um, you know, asked him to be able to put something together for it, and we did, and it had a great turnout. And now we're putting together funeral teams, you know, in all of the districts. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, he's asked me to be the funeral master for our district um, and, you know, for our lodge as well. So uh, um, I'm doing it and uh, uh, Brother Storio is doing it as well. So, but it's, it's something that, you know, I talked about, I wanted to do it because it's something that means a lot to me. But yeah. then, you know, he really thought about it as well. And, and he's like, hey, we can do something with this. And he put that together. And uh, it just, um, you know, and with the help of uh, Brother Williams and, uh, man, it's, it's been great. And a lot of people in the uh, 39th uh, districts, uh, they, they've just done a great job um, uh, supporting it. And all the district deputies and the district teams have been very supportive. And, you know, so several lodges are putting together their, their own teams. And uh, so it's, like I say, it's, it's been exciting and it's something that, you know, we, we took a photo together afterwards and, you know, and we, we had brothers tell us, Hey, can, can I get a copy of that? Because we want to be able to see what it's supposed to look like. Uh I mean, and that's what we did. We formed up, we've had practices and we're making sure that we're practicing and, and, you know, getting it right. And then we we uh, show up early, and everybody is is assigned uh, their equipment. And then you know, just like the military, everybody we we stand in formation, and you know, I go down through and just check everybody, uh, give an inspection, make sure everybody looks good, and and then we're ready to roll. You know, and and it's a very solemn 
um, occasion. And I, I, you know, hopefully we, we, we did well. I mean, the feedback that we got uh, was, was great uh, from the family. So, uh, you know, we're, and we even had some questions about masonry. So, um, uh, you know, had some, some men come up to us and, and want to discuss it with us. So, uh, so there's, there's that. And I, I know uh, brother Chris Hodap uh, that, he he says that um, that that's how he came to masonry was that he went to a, a, a funeral and saw a, a masonic funeral and was like mm -hmm. wow I want to be a part of that and that's why we have to do everything that we can to make it look right when we all go into our, the fraternity we have certain expectations um, in, in our in our mind we kind of imagine what Freemasonry is going to be like. How did the reality of Freemasonry compare with your expectations when you joined? Well, I would say, honestly, I, I, I didn't know really what to expect um, in the beginning. Um, but I, I, I think that it, I think it's really exceeded my expectations in, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, you know, uh, I know I, I, I hear brothers all the time, you know, that say that it, it doesn't meet their expectations and that they feel that, you know, that it's not what they thought it was. But my thing is, is I couldn't expect a lot out of something that I wasn't, that I didn't know a lot about, even though, like I say, I, I thought I studied, you know, and, and I studied history uh, of, of things. and but. Um, I think for me, it's exceeded my expectations because for me, it's uh, masonry is a lifestyle, and I'm so busy with you know Masonic events and masons in my life and doing things uh, for others uh, through masonry that um, I guess I never thought it would be. You know, maybe that it was going to be something more of, you know, and I belong to organizations of different types in, in the past. And maybe I thought it was going to be something that I would be a part of, I would learn something from, and it would be a great thing. But I just didn't know how much it was going to be a part of my life mm -hmm. and a part of who I am. And I believe that, you know, even though, you know, before, you know, we, we know that when we come in, you know, we're, men of good character we uh we have good morals but masonry takes you somewhere else it it, it uses all of that it, it takes all of that and it takes you to a different level mm -hmm. um and I, like i say i don't think it does for everybody but i think some of us do some of us you know we we love it so much and uh love serving our brothers and you know and others to the point that you know, it's, it's a, it's a lifestyle and it's something that we enjoy doing. Yeah. And I, I couldn't imagine, I guess, life right now, um, basically without Mason. Mm -hmm. So, because it's, it's such a large part of my life and it's a lot of what I do. And so I would say definitely it would, I'd have to say it exceeded my expectations and, in most ways because I just didn't know how much a part of it that I would be and that I'm always doing something in it and, and trying to help my brothers and just serve because yeah. I, you know, I love our, our fraternity uh, uh, so much that that's, 
that I, I, I enjoy it and I work hard, you know, I mean, it's just, that's, but I've got brothers beside me working hard, you know, and, and that's what we do. We work hard together for a, for a common goal. And I think through it, through that, then we're making, you know, I believe that we're making society better. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to eventually, um, you know, right now it's, it's kind of, it's kind of iffy right now with the way things are going, but definitely think that we're making an impact uh, with, with people, you know, a a little bit at a time. And I think that's where we need to continue moving in the future. Uh And that's, that's where we need to be going with it. And and reaching out to these, these, um, these men that are looking for something, you know, they're looking for something they're just not getting. I love that perspective, you know, and I've heard, I've heard different answers to that, but no one has ever really said, you know, as far as it exceeding their expectations because of how big of a life it would become, how big of a part of their life it would become. And, uh, you know, in that aspect, I can relate completely. So I, I appreciate that, that you pointed that out because that is, that is a very new way of looking at it, at least from my perspective. And I think that's excellent. Absolutely. What are the strengths and weaknesses of our fraternity? Well, I think a lot of the strengths that, you know, we I've talked about some of those and, you know, it's, it's the, and I can talk about basically from my perspective and from how it's been for me is that I, I think we're very strong in, in, uh, and, and I'm going to use some of the same words that I've used before in, in our brotherhood and our, our fellowship. And um, I, I think um, definitely our, our philanthropy, and um, I think education in some ways are our strength um, it, it, because we have the education there, but maybe not utilizing it mm-hmm. um, as much. I think Freemasonry as an institution has the education yes, and has the philanthropy, has the brotherhood, you know, has that. But like I say, again, it depends on the individual lodge. Um, it depends on the individual Mason. It depends on what they're what they're doing. But I I really think the the strengths for us are those, and and that, that we reach out to people. And we I mean, in my life, that's that's the way it's been. Mm-hmm. And that I always have brothers that you know I can count on, and you know, and this is around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I as we've discussed before, I've, uh, I've, I try, I've traveled extensively and, you know, I've been to lodge in, in Japan. I, I was in Okinawa for a while and I have brothers in, in Japan. I still talk to and that uh, I know I could count on if mm-hmm. I needed them. And, um, you know, brothers in England, Ireland, Scotland, um, you know, and pretty much all over the world. I mean, and I've, I've been to lodge over there, and I belong to some lodges uh, over there. And, um, you know, just knowing that anywhere we go, you know, I, I, I have somebody. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you travel, I, I really think that's a, that's probably our one of our largest strengths. Um, you know, I, I think. But like I was going back to the if I can kind of blend over with the uh, with the weaknesses and uh, kind of blend it over, kind of segue into that by 
talking about the education that I, I think as an institution we have, we're strong in education. But the thing is, is utilizing the education and, and getting it out there. Um, that can kind of be maybe a weakness mm-hmm. that for some lodges is that we're not, um, some lodges are not educating. Uh, they're, they're not doing education. And, to be, and to, maybe, to be clear, you're not, you're not talking about a book of short talk bulletins. You're talking <laughs> right, <laughs> something right, a little right. bit deeper than that. Right. Sure. I mean, and that's fine for a little, you know, if, if you don't have a lot of time, but you want to, you want to give a little, uh, a little brief, interesting uh, fact, you know, I, I, I do those, but I also do deeper presentations as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and I, I kind of judge it, I, I gauge it and see how, how much time that we're going to have. And, you know, and you kind of got to gauge the room if mm-hmm. sometimes if, if the brothers are just wanting to get out of there, then, you know, you, you, you don't want to, I'm not going to waste my time standing there and trying to share something with them and, and give them a presentation. And if, if they're not receptive to it, yeah, but most of the time they are, but like I say, there are those nights that when business has run long and you've had a lot of discussion and things like that, and then it comes time for it, uh, you know, uh, brother West, uh, your education moment and, uh, your education presentation. And then I look around the room and if I see people go, Oh, because, because they know I'm going to talk. And because I enjoy going to lodge and I'm going to, I'm going to talk. And I've probably been talking half of the, half of the lodge meeting anyway, um, <laughs> you know, standing up and having input on things because it's like I say, it's um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like a home for me. It's like a family for me mm-hmm. and I'm involved in, in what's going on. So, um, but yeah, so you, you want to go deeper in and give a presentation of, of something of interest, not something and when I say education as well, um, I mean, it's important to do the work to, mm-hmm. to, you know, your memorization, your floor work, all that's important. Yeah. But also there's a lot more to masonry than, than just going through the motions. Yeah. And, you know, so there, there's so much more to learn. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think that's, that's where we're lacking in some ways is that we, we have the tools there, mm-hmm. but we're not always utilizing the tools depending yes, on the lodge. Where do you see our current course of our fraternity taking us in the next 10, 20, 30 years? Well, I'm, I'm really hoping for a revival in masonry and I'm, I'm seeing that somewhat. I'm seeing mm-hmm. the interest in, in uh, trying to revive and transform um, lodges and, I'm seeing a lot more activity um, and I think social media as well has enabled a lot of, uh, a lot of brothers from a lot of different places to connect mm-hmm. and to share ideas. And um, I, I, so I, I really see that that could be a great tool for us. And uh, however, that can also be a negative thing, uh, you know, which uh, going back to this, this weaknesses, uh, I, I think that could be a, a thing as well. But so it could go if we use it correctly, that can be, you know, it can be used for good and we can we can connect because really that's the only reason that I use social media at all is for is for masonry. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, because I enjoy keeping up with my brothers all over the world. But uh, it, I just, I think the revival in, in masonry, you know, if, if we continue to transform and we're continuing to do these things to bring, um, to bring members back into Lodge and give them something to be in Lodge for, and then something that we're able to offer uh, new members coming in, um, I, I see that we can grow that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said earlier, it's got to be a transformation. And, yeah. But but it's not a transformation in. I think it's a transformation back to tradition, back to where we started from uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, because I think we've gotten away from our beginnings and. Um, so many of the reasons I think a lot of us became Masons um, is because of those beginnings and those traditions. And uh, but that's that's what I think. I that's what I think. If we can do that, if we can continue to actually give the brothers something, mm-hmm. then I then I I think that we're going to grow and. I don't see us dying. I hear every day people say, well, we're, uh, we're, we're, you know, our fraternity is dying. Our fraternity is dying, you know, but that's what they're saying, but that's not what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, I think it starts with us and like what we're doing here. I, I think that's where it starts. Yeah. And I think we have to do something with what we have already in order to be able to, you know, expand and to get more. Um, you know, and that's how I kind of feel about the great architect is, you know, he's not going to give you more, you know, if, if you're not doing something with what you have, he's not going to give you more. So my, my, my thing on that is, is, you know, we're not going to be able to grow if we're not doing what we can with, with what we have. Yes. And we need to work on what we have. We need to maintain, sustain and give the brothers already something to come back to revitalize transform um and grow yes and when we're doing that and we're thriving we need to be thriving and that's going to bring more that's going to attract more men of good character to come in and all in the same all in the same token i mean it's it's going to bring you know the, the same things that we're doing to bring our brothers back into lodge is going to be some of the same things that are going to attract men of good character, new masons. And that's how we're going to grow. But we've got to be, we've got to get in our community. We've got to show them that we're relevant Mm -hmm. and not just to do certain fundraisers and things like that. We have to find new ways to be able to connect with the community. You used the word transformation several times. Now, I know, I know from your Facebook, you're a very well-traveled mason. I, I consider myself well-traveled, but not to the extent that you probably are. And so I want to share an observation with you, and I just I want to know if you agree or disagree. I've seen two types of lodges in my travels, and there's really not a whole lot in between. Basically, you have your dying lodges and your thriving lodges. I've noticed if a lodge seems as though it's dying, it's not doing much different than, than it always has been. You know, um, the formula for a dying lodge or to kill your lodge seems to be 
open, read the minutes, do communications, plan fundraiser, and close, right? And, and not necessarily all that, but that's that's the the basic formula. And on the other hand, I've seen lodges that are growing. In, in fact, they, they appear as though they're thriving. And that's really where the transformation aspect comes in. Um, just from my observation, and again, I, I love to hear your thoughts on it, but the lodges that are, are, are thriving aren't doing things the same way other lodges are around them. They're separating themselves. They, you know, change is a four-letter word in Freemasonry. So, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna say anyone's implementing changes or anything, but they're they're thinking outside the box. It's kind of like what you described with the with the funeral. You can memorize the funeral, like you can get a team and memorize it, but there's no there's nowhere that says you have to do a procession, right? But there's nowhere that says you can't, but it's you're adding something extra to it. And I have seen lodges that are implementing like like lighting depending on the degrees and and incense you know also depending on the degrees um long form lectures as opposed to just as, as a you know just a short form and, and 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 things like that i've also seen lodges on the other end of the spectrum that are growing but they're focusing um primarily on on fundraising and but they're growing they're doing they're doing something different and so really the bottom line is is I guess what I want to say, and I'm curious how you feel about this. If your lodge is dying, you have to transform it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and and that's and I've seen some of the same uh, that that you're talking about. And but but I have seen lodges, like you said, that that are growing, but still, even if you're you're doing things something else that I wanted to talk about as well to kind of throw into that is that if you're not, if the lodges are not treating their brothers with brotherly love, then it doesn't matter how much fundraising you're doing. It doesn't matter how much education you're doing, all those things, then you're running people off still. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can be bringing in new members, but then you're running off the guys that you had and the, the brothers that you had. So it's, Definitely, like I've said several times, trans transformation. But, you know, and not doing things the same way. And, and you were talking about as well as separating themselves uh, from other lodges. Um, to me, I think, like for us in our district, we're trying to get more. And being a district communications officer, my what I'm doing is trying to bring lodges together. And so that they support each other and they go visit each other. And that actually brings lodges. It really helps to revive lodges as well, because then they're sharing information with each other. They're sharing with each other. The lodges that I've seen that totally isolate themselves, a lot of them are the ones that are dying. Yeah. And I understand what you're saying on that. But, you know, that maybe, you know, you step away and do something different from everybody else um, but i think it's very important to visit with other lodges and and definitely in the district yeah and get the district together and it's like what we're doing in san antonio we, you know we're, we're trying to foster visitation and and uh get events going and you know like sometimes like if you have a call meeting we're we're uh we're doing we're planning to uh, 
maybe on that call meeting time, then we're just going to, we're not going to meet at our lodge. We're going to go and meet at, at another lodge in our district. And, you know, everybody's going to go over there and we're yeah. going to fellowship with them and we're going to see how they do things. And I think that's important is to get out there and see what other lodges are doing. Absolutely. You know, you can't, you can't operate in a vacuum. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how I've, I've been able to learn different things. I'm learning from other brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just all ideas uh, that, that I'm coming up with. I mean, sometimes I do It just, you know, an idea, Hey, maybe we can do that. But a lot of times I'm looking at, I'm looking at lodges that are being successful and I'm going and going to visit them. Hey, what is it that, that makes them successful? What is it that they're doing that maybe we could learn from them yeah. or that we could implement, you know, and, and and then what can I share? You know, and I have people asking me sometimes, you know, what, what do you think about this? So, you know, and, and I, I try to help them out. And uh, to me, it's, it's not all about just me and my lodge. It's helping any lodge and, and helping them out. If, if I can help them to succeed, then, you know, and so that's why we try to foster uh, visitation with other lodges. Mm-hmm. And that's in other, in, you know, to help the district itself grow. And then obviously, like we talked about the, the three different districts in our one big one, you know, and, and we're, we're crossing over, you know, districts and everything. So, you know, I, I know somebody in just about every lodge um, in, in this area. So, um, but visitation is a big, big factor in, in your transform, transformation. Because mm-hmm. how are you going to transform if you don't know what you, what you need to do? Yes. You need to go out there. You need to visit. You need to learn from other brothers. Um, you, you need to study and, and research as much, as much as possible. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it's research. And it's not just digging in books or looking on the Internet. Go out and meet other brothers. Meet other lodges. Mm-hmm. You know, get with your district teams. Uh, get with your district deputy grandmaster. And you're, you're also the, the district education officer, district instructor, uh, district communications officer. Get with those guys. If you if you want ideas, they can come and they can help you. Mm-hmm. And you know we we can come in and, and and try to help revitalize. Tell us what your what your problems are. We'll we, you know maybe we can come up with something to to help you out, or you know direct you to somebody that can. So that's you know to me that's I think that's very vital is the visitation and getting around to the different lodges. That's how you're going to be able to transform. It's been it has been my experience that visitation encourages visitation right if you uh if you go to a local like another local lodge they'll often you'll see them within the next month or two some some of them at your lodge at the next meeting but i totally agree like i I talk about separating ourselves but i'm talking about as far as our practices go definitely yeah definitely you know we can't we can't operate as, as an island but if you're if you in fact, I think you you will dwindle and die if you if you don't visit with one another. I also think it's really important if you're at a lodge and you know of a lodge that has practices you would like to adopt. It's it's very important to try and and bring newer brothers, try to expose them to this. Obviously, you're not going to take an EA to a master's degree, right? But right. you know, you could take EAs to EA degrees. Same thing with all the others and, and, and start exposing it, to, exposing them to it as much as, as much as you can. I think personally, like the long form lectures are, are beautiful, but they're often not, not 
given. So if you know of a lodge that does do it, you know, you, you want to try and get those guys there. Um, if you know a lodge that does like a really good master's degree, you want to try to get people there because you could talk about it all you want, but often seeing is believing. And so if you can get them there to actually witness it and see the impact it's having, that's how you get, that's how you get things implemented back in your own lodge, I think, because it helps build buy-in. Obviously you can't take the whole lodge there. So the whole lodge isn't going to understand where you're coming from, but the more brothers that are exposed to it and can see it, that that's how, that's how good practices get adopted. I think. Absolutely. And, and I, and I see a lot of that in the, the lodges in San Antonio. We, uh, you know, we, we will go and help out with degrees, um, you know, and, and we have certain brothers that, that, that come and help us out, you know, and, there's certain brothers that are excellent with, with, uh, with the lectures and, you know, and they, and they come and do it because they do such a great job with it, but it inspires others in our lodge to say, Hey, I want to learn that, mm-hmm. you know, because that was so beautiful. I want to learn how to do it like that. And, and, and I think that, you know, because we have so many great brothers here um, in this area that, that do that, it'll go and help other lodges out and they're, spreading they're they're planting those seeds um you know and you know i i i think that really helps uh you know that revitalization you yeah. know by by doing basically you know absolutely what you said let's talk a little bit about the lone star freemason what is it and and what what and why did you create it well uh the lone star freemason is uh well started out it I kind of put it together as a blog, but then um, it's also a Facebook page and it's just basically a way for me to share my, my travels and the, the thoughts that I have on, on masonry. And um, it basically started out too. I, I was, I was asked to write an article. Um, I was uh, on the midnight Freemasons and uh, by a, uh, uh, Robert, brother Robert Johnson, uh, who just uh, who happens to be my distant cousin as well. We we, we oh, found wow. out by uh, yeah he he posted a thing about um, uh, one of his ancestors, uh, one of the uh, first um, at uh, at Jamestown uh, and at Jamestown, Virginia in 1607. And I said, wow, that's my ancestor too. And <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was pretty crazy. So he 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 calls me bro cousin, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, I'm his brother cousin, but, uh, you know, and, and he had asked me to write an article about that, about how we found out, you know, about that and how masonry actually brought us together. Um, and you know, that we were distant cousins from way off and we never would have met each other and how masonry brought us together. So, uh, so in doing that and, you know, I just always had these thoughts and things and, and I saw people writing and I said, well, I'm going to do a blog and, I guess I'm probably not going to do it all the time, but every now and then when I want to share something. So, so I, I, I did So I started writing some articles and um, so I did a blog with it. And then uh, I was on Facebook for, um, you know, masonry. And I said, well, I'll just make a page. And for a while there, I was like, you know, I, I I'm just going to get off of social media. You know, it's just not, not all that great. And, you know, just the, the animosity and everything. So, and, and I kind of, posted that out there and you know just just did a post and said yeah you know uh, i'm thinking about you know just dropping off of here and i had so many so many brothers that 
um, that never commented or never liked on any of my posts or anything. And they said, no, 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 please don't. Because, you know, all of your travels and, and all of the things that you share um, mean something to us. And, you know, it, I'm not able to travel like you and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing that through you. So, you know, please uh, keep sharing, you know, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So through that, you know, it's, uh, you know, people said that it, it blessed them. So I, I was like, well, you know, uh, if they're enjoying it, then that's what I'll do. So, you know, that's kind of why I started doing that as well, so that I could share it on a, on a larger scale and be able to you know, I love history, love Masonic history, love Texas history. And being that, um, you know, my, my job as a safety professional, I'm able to um, travel uh, daily all over the state, you know, and, and, and come back home. And, you know, I was going to some great places that and, and see some great out of the way lodges that most people don't get to go to. Um, so that's that's what I try to do is just share that. And then it started, you know, I was doing uh, photos of it and then somebody was like hey you know why don't you why don't you video some of that you know so well i have video a little bit but you know and i thought about a podcast and 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 things but um you know i'm just so busy with everything that um i have a lot of a lot of great ideas but it's just uh trying to find the time to do it Uh so um so basically i i finally got it uh after some encouragement i started a youtube channel uh, uh the long star freemason and uh started posting uh you know, I, I've so for a long time I've been videoing um, lodges uh, that I would visit, and sometimes I can't get inside, so it'd be just, you know, just hey, I'm going by this lodge today, and would just video the outside of it, and uh, maybe give a little history on it or something. But mm-hmm. um, and then some I'm able to visit and able to go inside and do it. So, so it's kind of a a conglomeration of, of different things, and it's basically just. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed to, to be able to travel around and I just try to share experiences and, and just give, um, give brothers something to look at and, and something to enjoy. And, you know, it's like, uh, it's like all my brothers can go with me and enjoy it with me, you know, even when I'm by myself. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's, that's kind of what it is for me. And it's just, um, kind of just a, a way that I'm able to share the fraternity as well, because, you know, it is an open forum i don't put anything in you know that's uh, obviously that we're not supposed to so it's um uh, out there for people that are not masons and i guess some people have asked questions about it and i've directed them um to their local lodge and and helped them out so uh it's 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 been a good you know it's been a great way to just communicate and, and be able to just share share my travels and my thoughts on masonry it's very fortunate you've been able to actually help people find lodges I get requests about like that, but there's usually somebody in Ghana or Libya or <laughs> I was like, I, I have no right. idea how, how, how to help you, man. You're just going to have to find it on your own. But yeah, right. someone, someone from actually the United States, you know, if you're, if you're in Texas or somewhere in the United States and you want to find out how to join me or Jason could probably help you out, but I'm, I'm sorry if you're in Ghana or Ghana or, you know, anywhere like that. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> just gonna, I, I, well, and a lot for me has been Kenya and all that stuff too. But you know what? I've I've given them the contact information for the Grand Lodge there, and mm-hmm. I've, I've passed it along. I just don't want to say, hey, you know, I get, sorry, I can't help you. But um, you know, I do what I can to help them, even though you know some of it might be, uh, you know, questionable. But uh, you know, you just you, you try to just try to help uh, the best way you can, you know. And that's um, 
you know, and there's been people asking for assistance and things like that. So um, in other countries, and I would just direct them to their Grand Lodge there and then mm. they've contacted them. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You, yeah. you have your, but the majority of it's been positive. So. I, I had a Nigerian prince ask me for help. I still haven't got the, the reimbursement he promised, but any day now, I know it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It'll be there one day. So. Yeah. I'm just, uh, that's not within my cable toe. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't do it. <laughs> I feel as though this has been a great conversation. We're running towards probably an hour and a half or two hours now. Um, do you have anything else you want to add or, or any comments you want to just throw out there? Uh, well, I, I thank you so much for, um, for, you know, inviting me and, and uh, having me here and uh, you know, been a, been a big fan and been uh, watching you for a while and uh, really enjoy it. And I know we've been talking about doing this for a while and uh, it's, it's a true honor. So I, I do appreciate it. And, well, um, you know, if, if, if you ever want to uh, collaborate on something else, uh, definitely uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So looking forward to just doing a lot more things. So. Well, awesome. Uh, yeah. We'll definitely have to uh, do something else sometime in the future. I, I appreciate you taking the time, like I said, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. It's been a great conversation and I, I just can't thank you enough for coming on today. Thank you. My pleasure. And hopefully we can, uh, we can really help our fraternity and, and, you know, and be able to help lodges and, and uh, help our brothers out. So, you know, I think we have a bright future. I don't care what anybody says about it. I, I think, I think if we do the things that, uh, that you talk about and, and that, uh, you know, we're trying to do uh, in the lodges, I know the, the district teams and, and, uh, you know, Grand Lodge uh, officers, we have a bright future uh, uh, coming, uh, you know, and, and right now uh, things are, going great and we're, we're we've just really got a great future and uh you know i'm looking to be uh looking forward to being a, a great part of that so um uh, looking great forward to the uh to the future uh Mason. Sure. So, well, well here's to the future and i'll i'll catch you, you and everybody else in the next video thank you sir brother jason west everybody man that was a great interview i really enjoyed it we talked about so many good things we talked about how Freemasonry offers something that men cannot find elsewhere. We also looked at what Freemasonry actually offers, and are we offering that in our lodges? That alone is worthy of its own podcast, but I have spoken in the past about how I believe that Freemasonry offers something that men can't find elsewhere as well. We live in a world today that is fast-paced and superficial Everything is cheap and easy and easily discarded. These are all things that go against our nature as humans and my personal belief. As a human race, we have spent the past several thousand years working for everything that we have earned. Nothing was quick or easy or cheap. And there's a certain amount of gratification that comes from actually earning something and working towards something and accomplishing it. But so many things in our modern world fly in the face of what we have experienced for the past thousand years. It's the opposite now. Everything is quick and easy. But Freemasonry offers something that represents the way things used to be, I suppose you could say. By its nature, it is not easy to get into. There's a lot of work involved in advancing through the degrees. It's not necessarily cheap, or it shouldn't be. Freemasonry gives men, particularly young men, 
a way to tap into that instinct to work towards something and obtain something. Now, without spending a huge amount of time on this point, because there's other things I want to address, I will also say that if you choose to believe what I'm telling you, then this flies in the face of attempts to make Freemasonry even cheaper and easier and quicker, such as the blue lightning, you know, the, the one day degrees, keeping, keeping fees low, making the petitioning process extremely fast, or in some cases, removing as much of it as you can. These are all things that make Freemasonry more in line with how everything else is done today. If you want to make Freemasonry quick and easy and cheap, then it will be easily obtainable, easily discarded, and you won't retain people because that's not what they're looking for when they come to Freemasonry. So that's what Freemasonry offers. The real question now that I can't answer for you, but each of you need to answer for yourself, is this what lodges are offering? Is this what your lodge is bringing to the table for its existing members and new members? We don't need to be ashamed of what we are. We need to embrace it. We also discuss lodge revitalization, bringing a brother back, uh, getting inactive members involved again in the lodge. And I touch on this a little bit during the actual conversation with Jason, but I think it's great if you can bring brothers back. It is my personal belief that we need to focus more on our current members than bringing in new members. Now, some of you may be asking, why would I think that's the best approach when we're losing members uh, broadly across the country? And my reasoning for that is really simple. The brothers that we have not retained are already brothers. They are Masons. We have an obligation to them first and foremost. And that might be as simple as finding out why they aren't attending Lodge. But we also have a duty as to do everything we can to bring them back. If what they're expecting is them the parameters of what we should actually be offering. If they joined thinking that we're like the Lions Club or something and they wanted a service organization, well, then that, that we dropped the ball during the petitioning process as far as that goes. But if they feel as though they're not, their needs aren't being met, we're not offering any value, then we need to find out what we can do to correct that and bring them back, which ties right into my original point in the conversation. It's a great idea to try to bring brothers back, but if we are doing the same things as when they left originally, they're not going to come back. Why would they? There's a reason everybody leaves. And if that reason is still there, if their needs aren't being met or they're feeling unfulfilled within the lodge, and all we're still doing is just opening and reading the minutes and closing, they're not going to stick around. They're not, you might not even get them to come back. So bringing a brother back is a great idea, but there's a lot more of a process behind it than simply giving someone a phone call and asking them to come back. I'm not saying that won't be the case for a few brothers, but overall, I'll go back to what I said originally. There's a reason they left, and we have to correct that before they'll come back. We also talk about helping brothers find their place in the fraternity. Brother West recommends we give brothers something to do. Give them some type of work and not necessarily what we need as a lodge, but what that brother is looking for. So if he's interested in learning the work or if he wants to help confer degrees or if he wants to learn lectures or join a funeral team, the idea is 
identify what he wants to do and put him to work as soon as you can. Now, this actually conflicts a bit with my last interview uh, with Brother Dennis Yates, in which he suggests that putting brothers in the line as soon as they receive their master's and turn in their work is a negative thing. So if you haven't listened to that, I recommend you go back and listen to that as well, because you have two almost conflicting ideas, and I think they're both valid. And I think in the last episode, even during the wrap-up, I, I pointed out that I could see both sides. There is a lot to digest within the actual work of the fraternity. You have very exoteric meanings and then very esoteric meanings. And it has been recommended, like I said, that the brother deep dive into the esoteric of what he has already learned before he takes on more work. I see both sides. They both have value. But I think at the end of the day, it really depends on what that brother is looking for. Brother West also talks about how Freemasonry exceeded his expectations because it has become a big part of his life. I really think that's a fresh insight. I have heard many answers as I have spoke with other brothers that Freemasonry has exceeded their expectations. And you get a wide range of answers. But however, saying that it has become such a big part of their life and I never thought that it originally would is very powerful, very relatable to me. I didn't realize that Freemasonry was going to be such a big part of my life as well. And so you just definitely exceeded my expectations in that aspect. And I really appreciate Brother West pointing that out from his perspective because it gives me new insight as well into the role that Freemasonry has played in my life. We talked about how education is a strength and a weakness in our fraternity. And this is not an unusual trend. It's something I'm actually noticing as I speak with more and more brothers. Our strengths are also often our own weaknesses because it's a two-edged sword. In this case, Masonic education has something very valuable to offer to its members. But when it's not actually being offered in large or when it's being offered poorly, it does more harm than good. And in fact, if you don't have education in your Masonic meetings, then you're going back to just a bare bones meeting, which is something we've already hit on several times in this episode. So I don't want to keep reiterating and repeating myself. But if you're just opening for the sake of going over your minutes and talking about communications, you're missing a huge opportunity to have some kind of education and present something of actual value in your lodge. Which brings me to my next point, how transformation can make or break a lodge. Often during the course of these conversations, things come to my mind. I get these light bulb moments where things just click. Things that are common sense or, or really I already know. And I suspect the same for many of you listeners, but you just don't put them together until you actually have this conversation. And this is one of those points. Transformation makes or breaks a lodge. I've seen... We've all seen two types of lodges. A lodge is either in the process of dying or it's in the process of growing. There's nothing in between. There's no neutral ground for lodges. Either it's a dying lodge or it's a thriving lodge. And the difference is transformation. Is this lodge doing something different than the surrounding lodges? If we just follow the cookie cutter formula or the path of least resistance with your meetings, which just with your lodges approach in general, then your lodge is going to be dying. It's a dying organization at that point because you're just doing the minimum. 
and that's not going to attract anybody. It's definitely not going to retain most people. If you're doing something transformative, if you're actually doing something that is against the grain, and I'm not talking about doing anything that's outside what is accepted within the laws of your Masonic jurisdiction, but it's going beyond the norm. It's raising the bar on your practices. It's expecting more out of yourselves and giving more in return. Things like this are what are transformative in the paternity and what will attract people to your lodge and retain them as well. We discussed the importance of visiting other lodges. This is something that I've actually seen firsthand, particularly when I was a very new Mason. When I originally joined, the lodge that I was a member of was actually pretty healthy. Now, the meetings weren't anything special, but the visitation was a huge aspect at the lodge. We coordinated visiting other lodges during their meetings. And what this did was encourage other lodges to visit ours as well. So we had pretty good turnouts and it encouraged people to stay active. And so even though this is nothing phenomenal or anything that's groundbreaking, it did have a very impact on me as a young Mason, because even I could see that if a group of us was to go to a local lodge, the members of that lodge would reciprocate and they would come visit during our meetings as well. It really helps foster brotherhood, strengthens the bonds of the fraternity. And while it doesn't bring in new members by itself, it does bring everybody closer, which is very important. I've also implemented this by introducing younger or newer brothers to lodges that have practices that I would like to eventually adopt in my lodge, but the lodge itself isn't necessarily ready for, if that makes sense. For example, there is a lodge that's not local, but it's not too far to drive to, and some brothers from Texas will probably know what lodge I'm talking about but there is one in Waco. They do really wonderful things with their degrees. I try to bring brothers to their degrees as often as I can, just because I want them to see what a degree can be like, what the potential for it is, as opposed to just doing, uh, unfortunately, in many cases, what is the minimum. If you introduce a brother to a lodge where their practices are raising the bar, then that creates a different set of expectations for that brother than he would have if he had only been exposed to the degrees at his own lodge or lodges nearby that are practicing degrees the same way. So if you want to see brothers from other lodges attending yours more often, or if you know of lodges that have practices you want to adopt at your own lodge, these are two very excellent reasons to encourage visitation. Masonic funerals also came up numerous times and I think it's really interesting that we discuss this because I was in a conversation a few months ago with some brothers about how Masonic funerals used to be a much bigger deal. In fact, we often look at an increase of membership in, during and shortly after big wars, such as World War I and World War II, Civil War, and it's assumed that men want to get into some kind of uh, brotherhood. You know, they, they miss the bonds that they forged with other men during war. And that's certainly possible. You know, I joined shortly after I got out of the Air Force. 
because I wanted something to sort of replace that bond. But something that we often overlook is that uh, it, this isn't necessarily the case any longer, but there was a time where if you died on the battlefield, that's where you, your body stayed, meaning you were left to, you know, whatever animals wanted to come eat you, you just rot out in the sun. And that was a terrible fate. And so it was known that by joining the fraternity, by becoming a Freemason, you would receive a Masonic funeral if it was at all possible. So instead of your body being left out to the elements, your brothers would retrieve your body and give you a proper funeral. The, the importance of a proper funeral historically cannot be overstated. Even today, we still want to receive a proper funeral, but it's kind of taken for granted. So there's that to consider. The Masonic funeral was and is a big deal. And so I'll again point out, if you look in the minutes of older lodges and old newspaper clippings, you will often see that Masonic funerals were a much bigger deal. People took time out of their day. They would actually march in procession to the graveside and give the funeral service. And often it was, they were dressed very nicely, white gloves, and this made a huge impact on the community. It was the last service and the, and the most important service that a lodge could offer to any of its members. And today the Masonic funeral is not really something that's emphasized anymore. It's a service we offer, but brothers don't go out of the way to attend. And it's often just bare bones. And we rarely dress up or do anything to, again, raise that bar. So this is something that's actually been on my mind before speaking with Jason. I didn't know he was so involved with the funeral team where he's at, but I had actually been thinking of this as well on my own, that it's important to have a strong funeral team and do everything you can to make it the best Masonic funeral you can present with your brothers. Obviously, we can't march in procession down the highway or anything like that but we have to do the best we can within the confines of modern society finally we talk about the lone star freemason which is brother west blog facebook page and youtube channel his blog and youtube channel uh, if you check it out you'll notice that there's not a whole lot of content on it it's still good content but follow him on facebook he posts stuff on a very regular basis i enjoy seeing his travels and hearing the insight that he occasionally posts on there so check out his blog, like his Facebook page, subscribe to his YouTube channel, do everything you can to give him your support. I'm also going to include links to each of those things in the show notes as well. And so check them out. Last but not least, consider buying me a coffee and checking out my Patreon. I'd really like to be at a point where I can turn off advertisements on my content. However, it takes time to create these videos, these podcasts, my blog posts. And time is money. So when I receive enough support on Patreon that it exceeds what I would receive through my advertisements, then I will turn them off. However, until then, I will keep them on. And to be completely frank with you, brothers, if you enjoy this content, if you appreciate it, if you get anything of value out of it, then you should seriously consider a contribution, even if it's a small amount. A little bit from a lot of people goes a long ways. So to end this on an up note, I've already got my next interview lined up. It's going to be excellent. I'm not going to spoil who it is, but I'm really looking forward to that interview as well. And you'll see that one after this week.
So take care, brothers, and thank you again for listening or watching, depending on if you're on YouTube or on a podcast. Until next time, brothers.